Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Gone Gaming Podcast. And today we're going to talk about what keeps people playing video games. Why do they come back to games? What keeps their interest? And what leads a casual gamer to become a hardcore gamer, an obsessive gamer, or even an addicted gamer? Now, of course, just like with the motivations of why people play video games, there are a number of different reasons why people continue to come back. But there are a few keys that are likely considered in development of games that bring people back and cause certain games to become those amazing bestsellers such as World of Warcraft, Call of Duty, even the older ones like EverQuest, that there has to be a motivation behind it to get people to come back. And I'm sure a lot of it is in the marketing of these games. But for me, I have always been motivated by finances in games. And it's not so much earning the money, the gold, and the credits within the games that I loved so much, but I love the entrepreneurial spirit. I love the buying, the selling, the auction house, the, uh, the Galactic Trade Network if you're playing Star Wars The Old Republic, and even farming and crafting. I loved the profitability that there was to be found within my games. I loved um, making money. I didn't care about having money or having stuff, but I loved making money. And in the introduction and disclaimer, uh, I told you a little bit about my time in World of Warcraft and how I had been totally and completely obsessed with it. Now, as much as I wish I could tell you that it ended there and I never went back to World of Warcraft and my obsession was cleared, uh, unfortunately that's not the case. And I actually went back to World of Warcraft, um, it was probably about seven years later, something around there, I, I don't recall exactly, but it was a number of years ago, this was right before I met my wife, and I had a few friends that were playing World of Warcraft again and I realized, you know what? Let's go give it a shot. Let's play a little bit here and there. Maybe we'll do some random raiding because that doesn't mean I have to schedule a six-hour block of time to go do some raids and stuff. I can play when I want and just kind of enjoy myself. Well, bought a two-month sub card, you know, one of those 60-day cards from Walmart or something, level capped with a new expansion, and I started playing after work and on nights where I didn't have my eight-ball or nine-ball pool leagues. So... During this time, I found that World of Warcraft now had an auction house app for your smartphones. And being the entrepreneurial person that I am, uh, I had to have it. It was a monthly fee on top of your subscription that was like $2.99 or something like that. And for me, completely worth it. I didn't even care. I paid my $2.99 and I used that app till my phone died, recharged it, used it again, recharged it, used it again, I would spend hours and hours and hours every single day on this app, buying stuff, selling stuff, looking for primals and elementals and crafting materials, and I would buy all of this stuff and stockpile it. I ended up buying so much stuff and profiting so heavily from just sitting there on my phone on this app that I bought three guilds with a total of 12 guild stash tabs, or whatever they were called at the time, to store all of my stuff in. Along with all of my characters, I had my account maxed out with maximum stash on everybody, 
to put all of my stuff in the bank so that I could store everything. Um, so it wasn't so much that I had to have the stuff, but when it was a good deal, I had to buy it. So I would buy it, I would resell it, and then somewhere down the road, some guy comes along and he buys everything up and tries to raise the prices and make it all crazy. People start getting angry. So then I would drop my supply, bring it back down, and be able to buy where I'm comfortable at. And it really was, I was one of those people. I was the guys everybody hates that keeps dropping the prices back down and won't let you inflate them. Yeah, that was me. But it was something that I loved to be able to do. I loved that power in having the currency and having the supplies and everything like that. And it wasn't until my boss actually called me out at work and asked me why I was always on my phone. And it wasn't that I was texting people and it wasn't that I was, it was making noise. I wasn't slacking at work, but I was on my phone for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours every single day. I would go to my billiards league and I would be sitting there looking for deals again. And if I wasn't keeping score or I wasn't playing my own match, then I was probably on my phone looking for deals on World of Warcraft. And once again, after being called out, I did a little bit of self-reflection and self-examination and realized there had to be a change. So once again, I let my sub expire. I quit the game and I have actually not gone back to World of Warcraft since I think it's been about five years now. And I realize that not everyone is going to have those same tendencies. They're not going to be drawn in by the finances of the game or by making money or making profits. And that's just one of those things that my real life interests and the things that I enjoy doing in real life or the things that I, I want to do in real life kind of carried on over into my game to where I could have those experiences without the consequences of buying a whole bunch of stuff, filling my house up with junk, and not having any money to pay rent, pay for food, and things like that. Within a video game, those things aren't really a consideration, and while there is real-life money that kind of equivalates to your in-game currency, it's not something that I can pay rent with if I'm earning gold in World of Warcraft. So, there's a couple of key things that I have been able to take out of this, and one of those is... Your values in real life are going to carry over. Now, if you're someone who is motivated by power or authority, and even if you don't have these authorities in this power in real life, if that's something that drives you and something that you do enjoy, then that may be something that you search for in your games, or if you are to experience it within your games, then that's probably something that's going to keep you coming back. Once you have found that feeling of power and that feeling of purpose, it's very difficult to just go back to living something meaningless or that doesn't have that same meaning. Um, there was a study done back when I was in high school in the early 2000s that actually stated that those who ran large guilds or were in charge of raiding, uh, leading raids within MMOs such as World of Warcraft actually had higher uh, leadership skills than those who didn't. And it was found that these things actually helped to develop leadership skills within a lot of people that were surveyed versus those who didn't. Now, I'm not telling you that video games are good for you or that leading a guild or a raid is going to get you ahead in life and teach you the skills that you need. 
but a lot of the same things that you learn within your game and how to communicate with people and how to be an effective leader do carry over into real life and may, in fact, make you more effective in those leadership opportunities that may come your way. Now, one of the other things that draws you back to video games and draws a lot of people back, myself included, is the fantasy or the storyline or the idea that there's something else, something different going on that you can be a part of. In Star Wars The Old Republic, you get to be a number of different things, and there's a storyline that goes along with each of them. You can be a sage and do um, two different storylines through that, or you can be a sniper, you can be a, uh, a bounty hunter. And with each of these different roles or these different ideas and these different stories, you get to immerse yourself in it and kind of dive on in and imagine this other world and this other circumstance. And it's a lot like getting involved in a good book. And some people may understand it a little better that way because it just kind of draws you in and you develop a relationship of sorts with the characters in the game and you relate to them and understand what they're in and the situations that they're in. And so the actual story of the game may actually draw you in to where you want to continue and you want to see what comes next. After you defeat Revan the first time, he comes back again. you got to go do the different raids to see what happens next. Cut scenes and storylines, and then all of a sudden there's an expansion pack, and he's back again. Well, now you want to know what else happens. There's always something more to the story that you didn't have yet, and so that becomes important to you, and you want to know, and you want to pursue that because you become so involved in the storyline in the characters, and then, of course, in the development of it as well. Now, the two different things that I've mentioned before, the you know my entrepreneurial spirit and the storylines and fantasy here, they're both things that I have noticed from my own play. However, the actual psychological ramifications of these things are a lot deeper than that. The motivational factors that come in when developing a game, when marketing a game, things like that, are pretty substantial and if you were really to look at it and realize what's going on then you would see that the video game developers are pretty smart in the way that they have made these games and when you look at games that have failed with specific criteria you can see okay well this is why this game didn't didn't work out because the storyline didn't hold people in well enough or because the music wasn't any good, which can honestly completely change a game. Now, if any of y'all have ever been to a casino, you've got slot machines everywhere. There's blackjack tables, and next to the blackjack table, there's more slot machines. And you go by the coffee shop, and next to the coffee shop, there's a slot machine. And one of the things that has been proven in slot machines is that the music and the chimes that they make are happy noises they're happy music and within your video games if you're playing an upbeat happy game such as super mario brothers you're going to get that upbeat happy music that everybody knows but if you go and you're playing a dark sinister game uh for example you go play the witcher 3 that i just finished up recently you're going to have a much different musical background 
And that music is going to change the way that you think and it's going to change your actual mentality and the state of your mind to where you're able to get more drawn in to the feeling that is in that zone. If it's a nice, happy zone, the you know, the sun is out, the birds are chirping, then it's going to make you happier and you're not going to be tentative of your surroundings. You're not going to be scared of what's coming around the corner. But then you go into a dark cave and the music changes and it's deeper tones, kind of like uh, Lord of the Rings style music. And that orchestral operatic kind of comes in and it changes the way that you think of things in the way that you're going to react to the things around you. And music does that for everybody. You can listen to metal and it's going to make you feel one way. You can listen to country, it's going to make you feel another way. And the game music makes a huge difference. If you don't believe that, then I challenge you to play a game completely muted. Start a new character, start a new game, and try playing it with no sound whatsoever. And tell me how you feel. Now, if it's a game that actually doesn't have any sound, like Tibia, then that's going to be a little bit different. But games that do have sound, Call of Duty or uh, Lord of the Rings Online, uh, EverQuest, things like that, the music sets the mood, and the mood sets your emotions to where you're going to be drawn into it, you're going to be turned off by it, you're going to feel drawn into this fight and you're going to know that something big's happening because the music starts to hit that crescendo and you know something big is coming. And the developers for each of these different games have done a fantastic job of selecting music and creating music that helps to bring your emotions into all of it. But one of the other things that, that kind of brings it in, like... Uh, you know, like slot machines, like going to a casino, is the reward. And games are developed with a very specific reward system. So your loot system doesn't just give everybody the best items all the time. Instead, it gives you a whole bunch of junk and then a couple of things that are okay that you can sell for some money. And then all of a sudden, after a couple hundred hours, bam, there it is. That one item that is completely absolutely 100% amazing that you scream in the air and your heart kind of skips a beat right there because it is completely amazing and you've always wanted one and never got one. Well, once you get that item, then you get this dopamine high. You get the happy feelings in your brain and the happy fluids going on in there to where it is just this feeling of elation that you can't really describe it's you win the lottery essentially inside your game and from then on out there's always this what if there's always a feeling of well this next monster could drop something amazing so i need to go ahead and kill it or you know what i need to kill these to get this money so that i can buy one but once you actually loot that that amazing item and you get that high then a lot of times you're going to spend your game time trying to pursue that same high. There's this adrenaline rush that comes from an amazing PvP battle that you almost died and at the very end you still killed. And, you know, if you're laning in League of Legends and you're 1v1ing somebody that is clearly superior to you, you pull off this clutch move and 
you can't believe it. All of a sudden, your heart's racing, your adrenaline's pumping, and that dopamine is going right through your brain again. And it happens to where there's this reward. And once you get that reward, then you continue to pursue that reward. Infinite grinding games like Diablo 3 or even Path of Exile are designed very specifically to where those amazing items are exceedingly rare. And they've got it set out to where there's a whole bunch of math involved with it, I'm sure, so that every X number of hours played, one of these is going to drop. Now, whether it's your drop, the person next to you's drop, some guy from across the world drop, some Chinese gold farmer's drop, it's very likely developed to where, on average, every six hours of playtime, one of this item drops, or every 30 minutes of playtime, one of this drops, and it's assigned somehow throughout the game. I'm not a game developer, I'm not a programmer, I'm not entirely sure how it works, but it's likely that there is some kind of matrix to where the rarity is determined. And there's always a chase to find that next item or to get that next something. And that's what really keeps a lot of people playing, is just chasing that and trying to get that high back again trying to find that feeling and as strange as it sounds very much like drugs there is an escalation that occurs within this and you start chasing this high and you start chasing this feeling and when you're not able to get that feeling within 30 minutes or 45 minutes of playing your game you continue to chase it and so now you're playing for two hours and then you play for three hours and then the next day you're playing for four and six and eight hours and it's all in an attempt to find this high. You're chasing because you want to get back to the way you felt previously. When I smoked cigarettes, you you smoke a cigarette and you feel that lightheaded rush. And that's what you're hoping for. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for that little bit of a high. And when you're not able to get that high anymore, you start smoking more frequently or you start gaming more frequently. And that that same premise holds true into your games, that once you can't get it, you're going to escalate, and you're going to look for something more. And it may be a different game. It may be um, some binge gaming, and you play video games, and by the 12th hour, because you're so exhausted, you finally start getting that feeling. And so you continue, and you continue, and you continue. and it's not something that is easily stopped. It's not something that you can explain to the people around you either. It's just, it's one of those things that gamers understand that a lot of the other people in this world don't understand. Their family members and their friends probably don't understand what is so great about this game. And I have played games that are completely terrible, but these things keep bringing me back. And... One of the last ones that I want to talk about here and why people play games is the social aspect of it. There's a social safety. The motivation uh, uh, episode that we had last week talked about why people come in and they feel safe and they are looking for a social interaction on their level to where they get to determine the uh, interaction and how social they are. If they want to be a little bit, they're a little bit. If they want to be a lot, they're a lot. But this is also one of the things that brings people back. 
And these relationships that are built within games aren't just some pen pal on the internet that you talk to every once in a while. I've known people from a number of different video games, from World of Warcraft, from Star Wars, from EverQuest, from Diablo, and even from Tibia, that met their significant others, met their wife, met their husband on the internet through a video game that they played with complete strangers. They met a group of people, they started hanging out, and all of a sudden you're spending four to six hours a day with this person. And you start to develop a fondness for them. And all of a sudden, you decide that you want to take things to another level. And you start uh, developing romantic feelings for them. Start pursuing them in a romantic way. And you could be from the United States. And they could be from Sweden. Like a couple of my friends in Tibia. And the girl from Sweden came over. Met the guy. And they ended up getting married in a couple of months. And it's one of those things that does happen. It may not happen often, but it's not something to really scoff at. If, um, what is it, Christian Mingle or Match.com and all these different websites, uh, I don't even remember all of them, but there's TV commercials for them all the time, different websites to match you up with somebody based on your profile and based on your likes. Well, if you're in a video game together that you both enjoy playing, Odds are you've got a couple of things in common already. So if you're looking for somebody, I'm not going to tell you to go look in video games, but World of Warcraft has 7 million subscribers every month, give or take. And even if there's not a whole bunch of women looking for relationships on there, I guarantee there's at least a couple of them that are going to have your common interests. So take that with a grain of salt, but it's always an option. So... The social aspect of video games is very significant. There are millions and millions of people on video games every minute of every single day across the world from every walk of life. And that's something that really does keep people involved. You build relationships. And so instead of just abandoning these people and ignoring them forever, you continue to interact with them on some level. And if you leave for a couple of years and all of a sudden you start thinking about those good times that you had with those folks, a lot of times you're going to return to that same video game. I've done that with Tibia uh, a number of times to where I've gone back and I found those same people. And to some point, it's like you never left. A whole bunch of things have changed within the game, but the people are still the people that you met. And regardless of where you are and uh, who you are and where you're from, these are kind of the tried and true, always going to hold steady for the majority. And none of them are really a bad thing when considered in moderation. So take that with you, uh, mull it over. If you're a gamer, then I challenge you to try to identify what it is that you pursue. What do you chase in your game? What is it that keeps you coming back? And Maybe you're not to the obsessive level that I have been and um, have gone back to for years and years, but everybody has something that they want out of it. And whatever yours is, I challenge you to try and identify that. Because if the time does come where you become obsessed or you become addicted to your game, that's going to be something that will help to bring you back. And share this with those around you. If you have a significant other, if you're close with your parents, I challenge you to 
to let them in, to tell them what it is that draws you back in. Because, because until you try to explain it to them, they will never understand. And once you start to open up about it, it stops becoming such a societal taboo. And it starts to become not necessarily more accepted, but something that can be discussed and something that can be seen and understood by those around you. So with that, that's the end of my rant for the week. And as always, you can follow me on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash gone gaming. You can find me on Twitter at gone underscore gaming. So have yourself a great week. So long and thanks for all the fish.